Welcome to the She Recovers podcast. I'm Taryn Strong, co-founder with my mother Dawn Nickel of She Recovers. She Recovers believes that we are all recovering from something. And here on She Recovers podcast, we examine the healing power of connection and intentional living, as well as what happens in our lives when we put down our past stories and pick up our soul's true purpose. Recovery is a journey to wholeness. We take care of our body, our mind, and our spirit. That is one of our intentions and guiding principles. In this episode, I talk about why that is such a foundation in the work that we do in such a big part of our She Recovers movement. I talk about how trauma affects our body and our brain. So I hope that you love to geek out on neuroscience as much as I do. And I also share about how body-based somatic experiences and modalities help us recover. Um, So I hope that you learn lots and I hope you enjoy. And it has been brought to my attention that not everybody knows about the online trauma-informed yoga membership that I offer. So I want to tell you about that super quickly. You can find it on our website, sherecovers.co, and I offer a membership of trauma-informed yoga. So the first month is free. It is a gift from us to you so that you can check it out and see how it flows for you. After the month, the membership is $19.99, which is less than a drop-in yoga class over here in Victoria, Canada. The membership includes unlimited access to the library and the library has over 30 classes right now. I add to it every month. The classes all vary in length because I know sometimes we only have five minutes, sometimes 10, sometimes an hour, etc. All the classes are different themes and they are trauma-informed, of course. We also have a secret Facebook group where we stay connected and oh my gosh, the women in the group are so amazing. And once a month, we have a live online gathering via Zoom. That usually happens on a new moon or a full moon or a season change, so we can vibe off of those energies. And the sharing circle happens by, I usually guide us through a meditation and then some journaling prompts. And then we have a bit of a casual sharing circle. So I would love to see you there. And after you listen to this episode, you will understand why I also just wanted to share with you about the trauma-informed online yoga. Yoga with me. Thank you. As you heard in our last episode, one of our intentions and guiding principles is that recovery is a journey to wholeness. We take care of our body, our mind, and our spirit. And this intention was really created based on my experiences and my recovery journey. So I'm going to share a little bit of that before I dive in to the good stuff. So the first time that I entered recovery for my own journey, of, at that time, it was really what was on the surface was substance use disorder, disordered eating as well as self-injurious behavior, which used to be called self-harm. When I was 16, which was over 16 years ago, if I'm doing the math correctly, it was actually 18 years ago at the time of this recording, what my parents knew was we need to get her into therapy 
and 12-step program. My parents were a part of a 12-step program and we had a family therapist and I just, they realized that I needed my own therapist. So that's what we did. I, it felt like I saw my therapist daily. She was wonderful and she really helped me in my path. And I went to 12-step meetings as well. They weren't my favorite, but those were very, very helpful. Now, what I didn't realize at the time is that dance is actually one of my favorite healing modalities. I have been a dancer since I was three. Um, Being a competitive Irish dancer actually kind of took me down uh, the path that possibly had something to do with the disordered eating and substance use disorder. But that's another podcast episode. That That's another story. But I was also, um, I got back into dancing, which of course, when I was in the throes of my behavior, I stopped dancing and I stopped playing the piano. So when I got back on track, my patchwork was really therapy, some 12-step programs. And Without knowing it at the time, it also consisted of dancing and movement. But what I realized when I began my yoga journey and started diving deeper into my own recovery is that in the West, we had really not addressed the body. In the West, we had gotten really good at when somebody is on a journey of healing, we know that we need to address the mind as well as the spirit get them into some type of therapy and get them into some type of 12-step program or church or something. And completely none of the methods that I was seeing or experiencing um, other than my own dance, which I didn't, like I said, I didn't realize was a thing at the time, wasn't addressing the body. So Nikki Myers she created Yoga of 12-Step Recovery. She's so wonderful. If you aren't familiar with her work, make sure that you check her out. And if that's something that really interests you, you might even have a Yoga of 12-Step Recovery class in your area. So check that out. And she talks about the issues in our tissues. So Something that, you know, the yogis have known for thousands of years. And then, of course, recently, the scientists with their fancy tools have been like, hey, did you know, which, yeah, but thank you for confirming it, is that everything that happens to us in our life is stored and imprinted in our bodies, the good and the bad. We store it in our muscles and our um, tissue and as well as our nervous system. So we can go to therapy and talk and talk and talk and talk about a traumatic situation. For example, we can talk about our childhoods. We can talk and talk and talk. And that's great. We're going to get some healing with that, of course, obviously. But unless we also release that imprint that is in our body and our nervous system, then we haven't holistically fully healed or recovered. And what we might begin to see when trauma, for example, is still stored in our body or in our nervous system is anxiety, depression, 
fatigue, disease, chronic injury. Um, you might notice that you you have a really tight hip no matter what. It's just always chronically tight, etc. I could go on and on and on and on. So that might be something that has been stored or imprinted within your body or your nervous system. Peter Levine, he has done some really great work. One of his books, my favorite one, is called Waking the Tiger. And he talks about how trauma is in the nervous system, not in the event. And that trauma is actually, it's like an incomplete response to something that has happened. And then it gets trapped in our body and in our nervous system. And we need to complete that for our body and our nervous system to be able to release it. So I'm going to give you some examples of that. So one example is if you have a pet, or even if you don't have a pet, I'm sure at some point in your life you have seen, let's use a dog as an example, a dog shake, like shake really crazily. That is them releasing trauma from their body. So you go to work and you leave your dog and your dog cries and barks all day, so upset, develops this abandonment wound, thinks you're never coming back. You come home, the dog is so excited, is shaking, acting crazy. Well, guess what? The dog just completely released that trauma and now the dog is no longer traumatized. The dog is no longer affected. The dog no longer has an abandonment wound because it releases it from its body. And then it just goes about its life, not worrying about you going to work the next day until you're gone to work the next day. Another example of this is some studies and some research that was done with war veterans. And the study was looking at PTSD symptoms from the veterans that were in the bunkers versus the soldiers that were actually running towards the opponents during active battle. So at the same time, some of the soldiers were down in the ground in the bunkers, staying still, I guess you could say, right? Like not moving. They were down in the ground with their weapons. And then the soldiers who were running towards the combat. Well, guess what? The soldiers who were in the bunkers have and had more PTSD symptoms and more severe PTSD than the soldiers who were running toward the line of fire. And that is because the soldiers that were running towards the combat were moving. They were able to release a little bit of the trauma as it was happening, whereas the soldiers that were having to be as still as they could down in the bunkers had no way to release it while it was happening. Peter Levine also talks about how our biography becomes our biology. So that's going back to how everything that happens to us is stored in our body, right? So another reason, so this is why, these are, you know, some examples of why a holistic approach to recovery is so important. Now I'm biased, right? I, yoga is my jam. The way that I feel before and after yoga is, I can't even describe it. It's just, there is a shift. 
I have never gone to a yoga class and not come out of it the other side knowing that some shifts happened. Now, the thing about our yoga practice is that sometimes after we've practiced at the end of the class, we feel um, more balanced, grounded, or zen. But because during a yoga practice, we are releasing the issues in our tissues, sometimes at the end of a yoga practice, you might actually feel more raw or vulnerable than when you began, right? Sometimes some rage can surface. Sometimes you might um, notice some emotions come up during your mat that you really weren't expecting. So how many of you at the end of a yoga class found yourself crying and you're like, what the hell is going on? Where is this coming from? That's you releasing energy. That's you releasing whatever's been stored in your body. Who knows what and who knows for how long? Now, I, of course, love yoga. I also love dance, but there are other types of movements. It doesn't have to be just yoga or dance, but just any type of somatic body-based movement is going to help you release things that are stored in the body that aren't serving you. Now, with that said, I also want to take a moment to talk about the importance of finding a trauma-informed instructor, whether that's trauma-informed yoga or if it's trauma-informed weightlifting, which is totally a thing now, like CrossFit. A lot of people in recovery are using CrossFit as a part of their recovery. And the Trauma Institute, which is where trauma-informed yoga is being really studied right now, they're also doing studies about trauma-informed weightlifting. So just make sure, you know, I'm talking about these modalities, but do make sure that you do your research about the teachers Um, that you will be moving your body with. So that's the body. Now I want to talk about the brain for a moment. Neuroscience. Hang in there with me, please. So trauma affects our brain, right? We know that. It affects several different areas of our brain. And one of the areas that trauma affects is called our Broca's area. Now, this area has to do with our speech. So think about this for a second. We experience trauma, and then most often, we are referred and recommended to go talk to somebody about it. But the part of our brain that has to do with speech has been affected. So what happens? Different areas of the brain that have to do with memory are affected. So maybe we aren't actually able to talk about the experience because we can't actually remember it really, or we only remember parts of it, or we might remember a completely different scenario of what happened. But also, we are being asked to speak about the unspeakable. Some traumatic, like traumatic events should never happen in the first place right? Whether you are someone in recovery from PTSD or complex trauma or CPTSD, trauma is different for everybody. Something that is I experience that I consider to be traumatic will maybe not be something that you would consider traumatic and vice versa. But when we are going to therapy and being asked to speak about the unspeakable or things that we actually can't speak about because the speech part of our brain has been affected, then what, right? That is why we need to address the body. 
And this really is a movement. And this is something that I am dedicating my life to is to like, we need to get these body-based movements into the ER rooms and into um, clinics everywhere so that when somebody has PTSD, we can get them in their bodies right away instead of trying to get them to talk about things right away, right? We want them to release it from their body. I went off on a bit of a tangent there. Now back to the brain. Another area of the brain that is affected um, in trauma is the interoceptive system of our brain. And this is located right in the middle of our brain on the left and the right side. And the interoceptive system has to do with our ability to feel what is going on in our body. Now, when we experience trauma, and, you know, especially if we experience a lot of trauma over a lifetime, for example, this part of the brain starts to get muddy. The pathways of the interoceptive system start to get muddy. And when they begin to get muddy, two things happen. Either we start to numb or we start to flood. So when we start to numb, that is when we experience that we can't feel our physical body, for example, or we may feel numb inside, right? Like some people just say that they feel numb inside, they feel dead inside, they can't feel their emotions, they just feel like flat. Or sometimes you might not be able to feel... Um, not only can you not feel your physical body or physical sensations, but maybe you can't feel when you're hungry or maybe you can't feel when you're thirsty or you can't feel the temperature. So you don't know if you're hot or if you're cold. So if the interceptive part of our brain is muddy, those pathways are muddy and we're numbing, it makes sense that we may start to seek out substances, relationships or behaviors that are unhealthy or that create a lot of drama so that they can help us feel something, right? Now, the opposite, like I talked about moments ago, is that we will flood. So if the interceptive part of our brain gets muddy, we numb or we flood. Now, if it's flooding, the opposite of numbing, of course, would be when we feel too much so have you ever been told by anybody that you're too sensitive or that you're too much? Maybe you're really sensitive to physical touch, like it's, it's, you don't like it, it's, it's too much. Maybe you think you have this story or you've been told that you're too emotional or you're too much, right? Like your emotions flood. So in that case, it makes sense that we'll be reaching out for substances and behaviors that would numb us out because we're feeling too much. Now, I've got really good news about those things. And that is neuroplasticity. We know that our brains are plastic. We can literally rewire our brains. And the way that we can do that in a yoga class, for example, or I'll use CrossFit, for example, like lifting weights, is by noticing sensation. So an example of that would be, so I'm sitting right now, and I'll, I'll lead you through something. So if you're sitting, or if you're standing, or if you're laying down, wherever you are, notice the parts of your body that are in contact with either a chair or a pillow or the floor, the ground, and notice that sensation. 
Notice the weight distribution. Notice any textures below. And then know that that simple awareness is rewiring our brains and helping us to recover from trauma so that we can rewire the interoceptive parts of our brain so that we come into you know, homeostasis where we're not numbing and we're not flooding. So something else that I want to talk about is sometimes we can't feel certain parts of our body because at some time, maybe in our life, it was actually safe to disassociate from our body, right? Like the safe thing to do was to leave our body. So noticing the sensations is helpful, right? But also not noticing sensations, because if you can't feel certain parts of your body or your entire body, that is just as important and just as informative. So I don't want you to worry. Take a mental body scan right now. And if you and just notice how your body feels and how your muscles feel. And you may notice what I hear a lot from my students is that they can't feel from their neck down. They have completely cut themselves off from their body. So when they take a mental body scan from the crown of the head down to their toes, for example, they literally cannot feel their shoulders, their arms, their legs. They can't feel what they're connected to. But the good news is by noticing what you can't feel, that is also helping to rewire the interoceptive system, right? So noticing what we can feel, noticing what we can't feel are both just as important and they're both practices, right? They're both um, journeys. So I think that that might be enough for today. Um, thank you so much for listening. As you can tell, I hope you can tell, this stuff is my jam. I love studying and being a student of this. And what I'm really excited about is this upcoming October, I'm hosting my inaugural She Recovers Yoga Teacher Designation Program. So it's for women who already have at least a 200-hour certification. And we're going to spend the weekend diving into trauma-informed yoga, and we're going to be diving into all of this, the somatic stuff, the neuroscience stuff, and so much more. And then at the end of it all, we are going to have she recovers yoga instructors who are going to go back into their communities. This first training is women from all across North America. So then I'll have these beautiful women sharing she recovers yoga all over the world eventually. But soon I'm hoping that wherever you're listening to this from, there will be a she recovers yoga class in your community that you can attend. So... Let me know if you have any questions, reach out, and thank you so much for listening.